listening to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. Welcome to the start of American RVers third season. On this month's show, we gather together several authors and discuss how you can become an author yourself and write that great American novel. Then, in our Friends Across America segment, we meet Pat and Belva Jackson, full-timers in their 35-foot fifth wheel. Glad you can join us, and we'll be right back after the break. Are you tired of your water tasting bad? Do you use a lot of soap trying to get suds? Are you concerned about your plumbing, water heater, and fixtures getting corroded from hard water? The on-the-go portable water softener is the answer. This water softener is compact, easy to set up, and makes water pleasantly soft, helping your RV system and your dry skin. When it's time to regenerate the unit, you use common table salt at a cost of only pennies a day. Call us toll-free at 866-482-9614 or visit our website. Isn't it time you experienced the simple way to soft water? Welcome to this edition of American RV, or we're in Sunset Beach, North Carolina, and it is a beautiful day today. And one of the places we're at is Sunset Gourmet, and boy, the coffee smells good. But the reason we're here is we're talking about writing. Maybe you've been sitting in your RV and you're wondering what to do with your time, and you've thought, hmm, I've had a pretty interesting life. How about if I write a book? Or I've got a great idea for a story that no one else has ever thought of. How can I get that on paper? Well, with me today are three authors from the Sunset Beach, Holden Beach, and Ocean Isle Beach area, and they're going to talk about the process of writing and how you can get started. So thank you all for joining me. We have Tom Reber, who's written The Nine Irony. We have Jack DeGroote, who's written several books. Two of them are the RV books that you can find on our website, Running Into Temptation and Running Up the Score. And our third author is Don Glander, and he has written... Beyond Borders. Beyond Borders, which is a great story about Holden Beach. So who are we going to start with? Is it you, Tom? You can start with me, sure. Tom, how did you get started writing? What was your first inclination, or what did you first do? Well, I started writing in high school, but when I sat down to write this particular book, it was just, I, came, I started with a character. And that's okay. how I start any story, is with a character. I really don't have the end in mind. I start building a character and let him take me for the ride. Okay, so the story develops as you go along. It does. Okay, Jack, how about you? You've written several books, and I know romance is your genre. Yes, um, my first book it was a story that I'd plotted in my head for about 20 years, and then I had a lot of extra time when I was driving my daughter to uh, private school in Wilmington, so I would drop her off and write in my car. So. That's how I started writing. It was a story that was had been festering in my mind for a long time. Okay, Don? Yeah, well, I've, I've always loved to write, and I had this idea for a story, and I thought it was really going to be easy. I envisioned myself sitting down in the evening with a glass of wine in front of the computer, and it would just flow. It doesn't work that way. It takes commitment. It takes effort and a real love of writing, but just get started. That's the main thing. Start writing. So none of you actually did the outline you basically let the story write itself as you went along. That was the fun part for me. In fact, as I went along, I developed new characters, new, new people entered the picture, and it was, just, it was just fun to do. And how long does this process take? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Either any of you can I answer was, that. I was probably two years uh, from start to end 
in writing this book. Off and on. Not right, right, right. Jack, I think you write a little faster than that, don't you? Well, my first book took 13 months, and then I spent another seven or eight months editing it. But now I can do a book in three to four months and then go through the editing process. So I've, I've learned some shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you get the infamous writer's block? What I find with me is I just start with a blank page and, and just, or I'll go back if it's something I'm writing, uh, go back a few chapters and start editing and reading as I go. Then by the time I hit the end, I'm in stride and I can just keep going a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've got to get something on paper, even if I just talk about my day or, or maybe come up with a new character. So you feel like the writing process kind of opens up your mind and lets the ideas it flow does. just you by know, getting something down. If you don't play, you can't win, you know, so it's... That's my philosophy with it. Mm -hmm. What happens once you've gotten your story? Okay, I've got the idea, I've started writing, now I've typed the end. What happens? What do you do? You put it in a drawer or you <laughs> let it sit and gel for a month or two and then you go back and you start editing it. You can't do it right away because if you do it right away, you will read things the way you think you wrote them, not the way you actually did write them. And then you pass it around to friends and people. Uh, I try to get eight or nine people to read my books because they all lend a different part of editing to the process. So you can't, unless you are dealing with professionals that are going to have a staff editing it, you need, you, you, most people can't write a book perfectly. No, no. I, after my book was finished and I got to the end, I went back and I, I probably deleted 5,000 words and, and rewrote a lot of stuff. Uh, but like Jack said, you have to let it sit for a while and give it to friends, give it to people whose opinion you will trust. Don't give it to someone who's going to say, hey, that's terrific. You know they're going to tell you that. You want people who are going to give you an honest, professional opinion. And once that's done, now we're probably off to the publishing process, right? So now you need it to get to someone. Now, I'll just tell you as our viewers, that Jim and I not only do American RVer, but we also do book publishing. So if you've got that manuscript, you can get it to us and we can provide some editing services and we can also do the publishing part for you. So just keep that in mind. And I know, uh, actually we've published the books for most of these guys. <laughs> actually all of you and most of Jack's books. <laughs> so you've got it edited, uh, you might want to hire a professional editor if you feel comfortable with that or if you feel comfortable with your friends, that's okay too and then get it to a publisher who will do the layout and the, and the design for the printer. And you're all self-published. Did you ever think about trying to get an agent or go, going directly to a publisher house versus self-publishing? I did, but it's a very difficult world to break into. I've gone the route of querying agents and because you need a literary agent to, to, in order to get a publishing house to listen to you. And I went that route, and it's a, it's a tough one. And plus, uh, you know, a very small percentage of people actually see a book in print from that route. So, you know, we, did, we all decided this would be the, the best way to get our pieces out there so people could see them. You know? And then you just order as many books as you want to for your purposes. Right. You know, and it's, a, it's better that way. And how do you determine if you're successful as an author? Well, for me, uh, if someone that I really trust looks at me and says they like the book, and I've got a lot of good feedback from it, uh, you know, that's a success. I mean, it's not monetary, but it, it's a satisfaction that you've done something that people enjoy. 
Uh -huh. I, want, I want Jack's opinion on that. Yeah, too. <laughs> I do too, yes. <laughs> um, well, when people tell you that they've enjoyed your book, that they stayed up all night uh, reading your book, or that they can't wait for the next one to come out, that's about as good as it gets. Um, I am able to make a nice income from it. It's really helped a lot in the last few years. Um, but I am pretty diligent. I have 11 books out now, so uh, it's working for me. Well, first of all, I, I want to get some self-satisfaction out of this whole process. And when, I, when I'm finished, I can say, hey, I'm happy with that. I like that. That's the first thing for me. Then if I get some feedback from other people, they say, hey, that's really a good book. Then I really feel terrific about it. But it's the feedback I think that's the most important. Okay, so so it's really more an emotional success than it is a monetary or a number success for you guys as self-publishers. Okay, let's talk about the final process of getting your book out there. You've written it, you've had it edited, everybody's looked at it that you can think of. You've gotten it finally in your hand. Now what do you do with it? And I believe it's called promotions or marketing. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how you guys have promoted your books so that you can actually try to make some money back from being an author. Well, for me, I, I realize that the, the new wave is the Internet. And uh, that's the best way to reach the most amount of people. And there are a lot of different ways to put out press releases. Uh, I have a blog site for my, my Nick Thomas mysteries. and. Uh, that reaches millions of people if you can do it right. You know, you've got to learn how to optimize the internet to work for you. It's better than putting them in a, a couple of little local bookstores. I mean, hmm. the word of mouth is good, but if you can get people on the internet to react and buy your book, that's where you start becoming successful in that, that way. I mean, at least for me it is, anyway. Okay. Well, I have a website. In fact, Jim Gritch is the one who designed it for me. And the website, I get a lot of uh, hits from people all over the all over the world. I sell in a very uh, coastal community area where a lot of tourists come into the area and take my books home. And then word gets passed around. And then they go onto the website to find out about the other books. So that seems to work very well for me is the website. Also, um, with publishing through Jim and Peg, we, we, we're on Amazon. We're on Books A Million. We're on a lot of big... Uh, catalog companies so that uh, people who are in England or France or can Canada can go on the website and find the books so they can order them. Well, the Internet's awfully important to us, but personally, the most fun I have is doing book clubs. Uh, I just really enjoy it. A lot of them are in the evening. Uh, people uh, are just in a, really in a good mood, and they want the writer there, and they ask terrific questions. And it's always a lot of fun. I've had more fun doing that than any other aspect other than writing. It, uh, well, terrific. what a, you know, I hear a little bit about the internet and getting it out there. Uh, there's a new format out there called Kindle Books, right? Right. And have all of you taken advantage of that? I have. I have. My, all of my books are now Kindle. Okay. And how do you feel that's going? Is it too early to tell? It is. Uh, because it's a new format, there's a lot of people who don't really understand it yet. But, I mean, I felt it was good for us to get in front of that. Right. Okay. And, Don, I understand you have a story about a woman who just oh. recently finished your book. No, no, no. This was the first person I talked to after my book had come out. Oh. And she came over to me. She said, Don, uh, I read your book. I said, well, that's, that's nice. And then I was waiting for some kind of response. And she said, yeah, I fell asleep reading it last night. And I said, Phyllis, that's not much of an endorsement. She said, well, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, so... <laughs> She spent the whole evening and early morning reading the book and finished it, which was a compliment in the end. Right. So it really, That's right. it sounds like the bottom line for self-publishing is the satisfaction of 
having gotten your story out there and the satisfaction of somebody else enjoying that Absolutely. story. And that's the best part about it. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, thanks for being with me today. I do appreciate it. We'll list your books at the end and your web web addresses so people can find out more about you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for And us. thanks for joining us for this segment. And if you have a book out there that you want to write, the main thing that I learned today was get started. Charlotte, North Carolina is a special place. You have the Panthers, the beautiful Skyline, and of course, Lowe's Motor Speedway and NASCAR. But for RVers, Charlotte is home to the best satellite sales and service company in the Southeast. Cordell Satellite Sales and Service specializes in installation and repair of TV and internet satellite dish systems. Cordell has been installing Motosat internet uplink systems for your favorite NASCAR drivers. The best news is that you too can get Motosat satellite internet. If you're tired of fighting with your air card or trying to find a Wi-Fi hotspot, give Cordell a call at 704-264-9486 or email them at mohotogo at cs.com. Their certified technicians do make house calls. Trust Cordell Sales and Service to install or repair your dish. We did. Remember, since 1995, it's Cordell Satellite Sales and Service. As they always say, once a customer, a friend for life. Call 704-264-9486 for your satellite TV and internet needs. Thanks for joining us on this segment of Friends Across America. We have run into a couple of great people, Belva and Pat Jackson, and they are full-time RVers and they live in their fifth wheel. And I'm glad that they joined us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. For glad to us. be here. Now, when did you decide to move into your RV and what led to that decision of living in it full-time? Been about five years, I think, hasn't it? Um, we actually started it in 2006, in January. So yes, it's been. This is our going on our fifth year. Uh huh. We'll be. We retired, and I said, "No more snow. <laughs> we got to go where it's warm." So we spend the winters in Florida, from November through April, and then we go wherever after that. And I know that you do some work camping. Is that right? You do you work all winter, all year? No, we work like three days a week and in Florida when we're down there and uh, that's about it. And then we volunteer during the summertime. At different at, places in the country? At different places because it gives us uh, our parking is free and it's just a volunteer thing and we enjoy doing that. And see a lot of the country. Absolutely. We love to travel. Uh-huh. And have you been all across the country? Have you mainly stayed on the East Coast? Where have you been? Mostly in the South, wouldn't you say? Mostly the East Coast, I guess you would yeah. call that, mm -hmm. yeah. um, because we like to stay close to our grandkids. Oh, that's always a consideration. Which lives in the Carolinas, so oh. our families. Okay. And well, we did go back to Cincinnati last summer and work up there for the summer months. In a campground or yes. some other kind of work? A little place called Cedarbrook. We'll put a plug in for them. Okay. Which is in Lebanon, Ohio. Uh-huh. Yeah. North of Cincinnati. Now, how did you find your work camping jobs? So you said you work in Florida. It's not work camping at a campground, but you are working. We, we get them out of the work camper book. We joined a club called the Work Campers, mm -hmm. and they advertise all over the country. So we just chose that place to go. 
and how do you like living in a fifth wheel? And, and is there anything that you wish you would have brought with you or things that you miss from a regular stick built house? Not really. I don't. <laughs> she may. Well, I kind of miss the memories. What, like you photos know, like or photo, what? Yeah, your photo albums and things, even though we have one of our daughters fixed us up a photo album, but it's still not quite the same as your house, you know, uh -huh. that you could just go there and do certain things, but that's about the only thing that I really, you know, miss. Did you actually sell everything? Are you, is this everything. all that you own right now? This is it. This is it. This is it. This is all yeah. we have. And how big is your fifth wheel? It's a 35 foot with three slide outs on it. And you found yeah. that that's big enough for living in it full time? For two of us, I think Apparently, it's fine. Apparently for five yeah. years it yeah. must yeah. be. For the two yeah. of us and our cat. Oh, and your cat, yes. And the cat. Yeah. Yes, traveling with a pet adds a whole other dimension. Not so bad with a cat as it is a dog. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The only problem we have is where to put the litter box. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would but, be an issue. You know, we, we've managed. Yeah. So. And is there one best thing about living in, in a camper in a fifth wheel? Yeah, if you don't like your neighbors, you can hook up and move. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's, it's the... It's a, the one thing that I think that I like is I have everything with me. I don't have to do any packing, you know. You know, yes, do we take outside trips other than with our fifth wheel? Yes, we do, but not very often because it makes it a little more convenient. You know, you got your bathrooms, you got your, you know, your kitchen with you, you, got it, you know, your living space, so. And I don't have to mow the grass or paint or any of that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, you just have to clean the outside of the RV every um, once in a while. Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> now, do your kids think you're crazy? Yes. Uh, my kids <laughs> do. Was the one, one of our kids thinks it's great. The other one thinks it's like, you know, you need to be closer so you can watch the grandkids grow up on a daily basis. No, rephrase that. <laughs> Babysit. <laughs> Babysit. But on so there are some basis. other advantages of being away from home. Yes, yes. <laughs> Peace and quiet. Yeah. Is there yeah. anything you would change? No. If we had more money, we'd stay on the road more, but uh, that gets expensive. But yeah. you've picked the best places. You're in Florida for the winter where yes. the weather's really nice, yes. and then you come up a little bit further north for the yes. summers. And we have good friends that meet us down here in Florida and spend the winter. There's three other couples that go down. And mm -hmm. So it works out okay. real good. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for taking a couple of minutes out to talk to us at American You're welcome. Beer. You're more than welcome. You. Okay. And thanks for watching this segment of Friends Across America on American Beer. your satellite TV and internet needs, call Cordell Satellite Sales and Service at 704-264-9486.